Compound Podcast. This is episode 152. Correct. 152. Presented by Parse Rum. I have a Parse Rum story. Okay. So, one of our friends at Parse is in Oregon. Goes and meets this guy in Bend, Oregon, who is a massive Cub fan. And guess what else? He's an avid Compound listener. He brought Parse into his bar because he had heard about it on the compound, wanted to try it out, and now he is a big Parse guy. So shout out to us for talking about Parse and shout out to our friend for bringing it into his bar and making everybody look good. And he's saving the planet. Bend, Oregon, also probably the nicest city in America. Beautiful city. Like the nicest people or like the actual nicest like just the best very city in America, very scenic, very scenic town in Central Oregon. You got to go over the mountains, then you're you're in a really nice spot. I, I love Bend, Oregon. Shout out Bend, Oregon. Shout out Parse. Shout out Bend, Oregon. Also, Parse is the rum for whiskey drinkers, and it's premium, dry style flavor profile that everybody's going to love. So if you're a whiskey drinker, go get some Parse. Also, go to your local liquor store or bar. Ask them about Parse. Ask them to bring it in. Ask them to try it. Ask them to put it on the shelves and see what they say. Because that's what our friend in Oregon did. And are we calling Bend a Parse town? I would. I would call it a Parse city. They should hang a banner up there. Just when you, like over a bridge, whenever you cross to get in there. About Parse. About Parse. You know how, you know, outside of the stadiums, they put like the banners up. Yep. We should just have those like on the main street and they just say Parse. I have a perfect solution. The the stadium in Bend, Oregon is built the wrong way. So the outfield, it's the sun sets in the outfield. So they have to take sun breaks sometimes. And they have like those giant banners they hang up. Actually, I remember one time we played there and they didn't have the banners. And well, let me tell you, it was a nothing, nothing game laid into that one because nobody was seeing anything at the plate. But what? you could hang, you could hang though. You the could hang Parse banners. And so that covers the sun. So then, then the batters can actually be able to see the ball and might be able to hit it. What league is Bend in? Uh, the West Coast League, the Summer Ball, the Bend Elks. I had that in uh, in Massachusetts. I think it's Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Yeah. There was a sun delay when we played there. I think those are like the only two stadiums that host like any sort of high-level baseball that have. They were built like very long time ago that were just the, oriented the wrong way. What do you want to start with today? I Can I? Okay, I got something I want to start with. And I just want to address it, and then I just want to move past it, okay? I'm going to start talking about what Chris Russo said about Otani and Trout's at-bat to end WBC. You guys might have thought I was going to talk about something else when I said I just want to address it, move past it. But guess what? This is what I want to talk about. I did think you were going to talk about something else. Can you say what he said? Because I honestly didn't see it. Okay. He said it's not that big of a deal. Everyone was like, it's such an amazing at-bat. What a great way for WBC to end two best players in the world, blah, blah, blah. He was like, it's not even that big of a deal because Trout's not that good. He strikes out all the time. And I think he said he strikes out 175 times a year and he struck out two times in the game and it doesn't matter. Like what? Tom, can you actually get the real quote, please? So here's my point. Crazy take. Crazy, crazy take. Couldn't be more wrong. Trout's only struck out more than 175 times, one time in his career. Guess what else he did that year? Won the MVP. Okay. Here you go. I have the quote. He quotes that he was bored stiff at the end of that game, which worried about his pulse then. Uh, did you see the headlines today? Russo asked on the show. Epic at bat. Incredible moment. What? Why? Because they're teammates? And Trout does nothing but strike out. Trout struck out twice in that game. Everybody talks to me about Trout uh, is Joe DiMaggio. I mean, Trout strikes out 175 times a year. He also continued to say that the at-bat had no suspense because nobody was on base. It was a one-run okay. game, so. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is the craziest take of all time. The, to, first of all, to say that Mike Trout strikes out all the time and to say that he's like, he, he's the best player in baseball. He still is the best player in baseball, okay? It was an electric at-bat. He had some nasty takes. Otani's throwing a hunch, okay? And he spit on He's spitting on pitches all over the place. And the more important point here is with how great of a moment that was and how great that game was for someone who is paid 
by MLB Network to have a show on MLB Network and promote the game and goes on ESPN and talks about baseball in hope to promote the game, that this is this guy's take. This is who's promoting baseball? What's happening? What's happening? Am I... Am I Am I hearing this can be a real take from someone that gets paid to watch the game and actually is on a network that sole purpose is to get more people to watch the game. There's no way that this guy's being paid by someone who's actually trying to get more people to watch baseball. My thing is, go ahead, Zach. I I just don't understand how you can say that, like you said, and get paid to do it and not like if you're a part of baseball, right? Like he's been on MLB network, right? For three years. Yeah. How are you in good faith saying that and like actually putting that out to the public and like here's believing in it and having an argument for it? I don't get it. Like, it's just so wrong. Even if no matter how you put it, yeah, he strikes out a lot. Okay. But guess what? He has a one dot for his career. Don't care. What? But that's my thing. I just, I don't think he believes it. I think all these pundits like Stephen A. Smith, like all these guys, like, they get paid to have these takes to make the news. I refuse to believe that he actually thinks that Trout isn't very good and he strikes out all the time. I think he literally was looking for clicks and getting like attention to it, and he got that. But I, I refuse to believe he actually thinks that. Because like but you said, he, he follows baseball. Like He actually knows baseball. So it's like if you actually think that, your credibility is gone because it's just not true. If you, if you are paid to promote the game and you're part of the – unit at major league baseball or the network or whatever that's supposed to promote the game i take you can't because you can't go on and you can't have the casual fan hear that because it's so destructive but i think if anything it draws more attention to baseball because if anything it got people talking more about it so i think it kind of worked got people talking about him yes but at the same time like you don't think two months into the season when mike trout's hitting 400 with 30 home runs already that everyone's not going to be like you idiot you see how good he is like i feel like it's still like it's going to draw more attention to them um i mean we're talking about a guy he's in the outrage olympics this is someone whose entire job is to get clicks is i mean this is a guy i remember he grew i grew up in, in new york he was on wfan for 25 years he's a revolutionary figure when you talk about sports media but this is a guy who lost his fastball 15 years ago. I mean, this is a guy in 2007 or eight, the Yankees traded for Xavier Nady and Damaso Marte. And I remember he came on the radio the next day and said, the Pirates should cease to be a franchise and was screaming at the top of his lungs. The Pirates should cease to be a franchise. So this is a guy that's been a clown for 15 years, continuing clown stuff. This is why companies like John Boy Media have been able to succeed because the mainstream part of sports media has turned into this outrage Olympics culture where it's just, what can I say today that will end up on Twitter that will get us coverage? And that's it. That's all they care about at the end of the day. They don't, they don't care about promoting the sport. They don't care about informing people. They care about getting clicks and driving money toward their av- advertiser. And that's, and that's it. And, and that's... if you understand that, it makes it much easier to understand what he's doing. He's just saying inflammatory shit to say inflammatory shit. That's my point is don't you agree, Tom? Like, I don't think he truly believes that. I think he's literally trying to get clicks and he's like, oh, if I say this, people are going to go nuts. Like, let me just say it. I, I don't even think it matters if he, if he, yeah. Like, I'm so I'm so beyond like caring if he believes it, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. He's saying it on a public forum. It doesn't matter yeah. if he believes it at this point. He's is it, doing it. Is it like him or ESPN? Do you think like does ESPN come up to him and say, "Hey, Chris, let's say some crazy shit today"? Or like that's what I'm saying. I'm telling you, I that has to happen. I, I believe know. that happens. Like you don't think Charles Barkley and Stephen A. Like they're not told like, "Hey, man, like just say something crazy." Like I don't know why not. It'll be great. Like we'll get it posted everywhere. Or or these guys just get so into it that they get delusional and start doing it themselves. But like JJ Reddick's been pretty honest and like he yeah. is the like the one who awesome. actually speaks the truth on those programs will fight people. And like, he's been pretty honest about like where he get like that. He is, you know, fighting the good fight for, for everybody who actually is like sane in media. Yeah. I think he's awesome to listen to sports media in the mainstream right now is about pushing narratives. That's it. Mm-hmm. He's pushing narr- He's pushing that narrative and whether or not he believes it, it's harmful and it's destructive and it continues to feed an ecosystem that is broken beyond belief. Can I give I you 
Can I give you a hot take as long as we're talking about hot takes? Hot take brought to you by Roman. Hot take brought to you by Roman. Do you want a better sex life? If so, you're not alone. A lot of guys want to enjoy a better sex life. Up to 50% of men have symptoms that get in the way of wanting or enjoying sex. But Roman is here to help. Roman is the digital health clinic for men, offering genuine medication that helps achieve and maintain a strong erection. In men with low T, getting testosterone levels back to normal can help increase your libido. Romans offers a testosterone test, and if it's appropriate for you, treatment for low T. At Roman, there's no waiting rooms and no hassle. It's a straightforward digital experience from the comfort of your own home. If medication is te or testing is appropriate, Roman will send it directly to your door. Everything arrives in discreet packaging with free two-day shipping. To learn more about how you can achieve your own personal sexual health goals, go to ro.co slash johnboy today to get 20% off your entire first order. That's ro.co slash johnboy for 20% off your entire first order. What Tom? Hey, here's my hot take. I take. think, I think Shohei Otani is the most valuable player in baseball, but I do not think that he is the best player in baseball. Whoa. Hot take. Hot take. Whoa. Hot hey, take. Hey, hey, yo, hey, hey. Mad dog, just take over your body for a minute. I just want to say, I just want to say, like what he did was incredible. And he is by far the most valuable player in baseball because he fills two spots as one human. Okay. He is a top 10, 15 starting pitcher, right? Yes. No one would argue that he's like top five. There's definitely five guys better than him that are starting pitchers that would be aces, but he's. Didn't he have like a two and a half, last, like a two something last year? Tom? I working. I feel like it's. Continue with your argument for why he's not. Okay. And then I'll okay. give you my count. And, and I think you would say that there's probably five guys that are better hitters than him as well, right? Like, he's Correct. exceptional. And he's an incredible hitter. He's top 10 hitter in the game, too. Shohei Otani's 2022 pitching stats. He went 15-9 and nine with a 2.33 ERA in 166 innings, 124 hits, 219 strikeouts in 166 innings. I, mean, I was going to say, if anything, Ian, I'd pretty good. If, if, anything, if anything, Ian, I'd flip your takes. I'd say he's a top five, top 10 pitcher, a top 10, top 15 hitter. I think he's a little lower okay. on the hitting chart, okay. but on the pitching, I think he's higher than you had him. Okay. He still had 40 homers, though. Yes, but I think you could name. I don't know. I'd have to actually make I mean, the list. Yeah, you're going to you're gonna go Trout, Goldschmidt, Mookie. Arenado, Arenado, Soto. I mean, there's a good amount. I think I'd still take over him hitting. Yeah. Uh, so here's my point. Here's my point. He's by far he's by far the most valuable because he's going to put up. He's going to be a five or six WAR pitcher, and then he's a four or five WAR hitter. And before you know it, he's a nine more, nine to ten more player every single year. Mm -hmm. Judge did that. Oh yeah, and you put Judge ahead of him hitter. Judge did that as you know a hitter. He had a ten point six WAR just as a hitter. Like what I'm saying is there's guys that are like, like, I don't know. I think when you talk about like the best players in baseball, like I'm still going to put Trout and Judge up there. Shohei is by far the most valuable and he deserves to be paid $60 million next year. He's probably going to get a 12 for six hunch. It's going to be crazy. But like, I just, that was, that was I don't my know hot how take. You As separate... I was thinking about it, I was like, I was like, he's so good, but like, just, uh, just he just plays two positions and it's amazing and it's incredible what he does. Think so is your argument exceptional? I'm just I was just thinking I, about it and I was like, is he the best player in baseball or is he the most valuable? That's a it's my, my hot take of the day. I've tried to come in three times and you pause. I'm gonna and keep talking. talking. My quite I'm trying to ask you how do you differentiate the two? Like what does that mean? What does an know, MVP mean I'm versus I'm best player? I'm trying to differentiate mean? the two. I'm trying to say like. Like at their peak of their one thing, like you pick one thing, like if Shohei at his very best pitching, like would you rather have him or DeGrom at their very best? Like I'd rather have DeGrom. If you yeah. pick Trout versus Shohei hitting at their very best, who would you rather have? I'd rather have Trout. I'd probably rather have Judge. I'd he rather have Gold at Goldschmidt. an MVP level. I mean, last year that's what I mean. The Cy Young and he won the MVP the year before this. I don't really understand this argument at all. He's a well, he could win. He's agreed. He's a top. Okay, but he hold could. on. Hold on one second. He's no, a top Tom. 10 no. 
He's a top 10 player as both a pitcher and a hitter. No, like that, that means he's the best player in, in baseball. I don't understand. But the that's, but that's Ian's. I see what Ian's saying because I get when you take into account both, you, you have to say he's the best. Like he's, I don't know though, because he's definitely the most the valuable. I think, I think I'm the, with, I think I'm on Ian's team. I think he's the best baseball player on planet earth, but he's, but, but, but is he a better hitter than Mike Trout? No, is I he think, a better wait, pitcher wait, than Jacob Brown? He's no. like a monster, but he does wait, both. Wait, like he is literally like both linked together and just and like that's why I agree with Ian. Like he's, he's built in a lab, bro. Like he has the best of both worlds. And like, Mike Trout okay. isn't. Yes, but like he doesn't pitch, bro. Doesn't pitch. Okay, he probably could honestly. I think he here's the <laughs> he might golf. He's making a golf course, but he doesn't pitch. Good for him on the golf course, huh? but here I think here's the don't get sidetracked. Maybe. Keep going. Here's the difference, is that. Maybe he is the best baseball player in the world, and maybe he is the most valuable baseball player in the world. But I think everybody can agree that he's neither the best pitcher or the best hitter in the game. Yes, that's where I'm with you. I agree with that. But I do agree with Tom and Zach that he is definitely the most valuable. Like, you'll take him. If you get one guy right now to start your team, you're taking Shohei Otani. 100%. 100%. Because he fills two spots. He's worth, like... His like downside scenario is like seven wins or eight wins, and like his upside is like nine or ten. Like I don't know, he does yeah. two things, and you just pay one guy to do two, and you can fill your roster out. But like, he's also he is, seven years old. I mean, he's about to enter his prime. We haven't even seen probably his best baseball yet. Think about that. Will he be the best hitter? Or what if he won the MVP and the Cy Young? That would be fucking crazy. Huh? I mean, he should have won MVP last year, but Judge hit nine hundred home runs. Well, Judge was more valuable, actually That's, more valuable. So who was the better hitter last year, Aaron Judge or Shohei Otani? Aaron Judge. And yes. it's a, that's a fact. That and Verlander a fact. was a better pitcher. Another fact. That's, and that's, that's the argument. I don't think Ian's trying to say that anyone – I mean, we already said it. Like, there's no one more valuable. Like, if no. Ian, if you're starting a team right now, you're starting your team with Shohei, correct? 100%. Give me him. Yes. It's a, and he'll, he'll start uh, opening day. Then he'll DH the rest of them, and he's the best player in baseball. Like, but he's not the best hitter, or he's not also not the best pitcher. So it's a very interesting. It's just the fact that he does both that makes him the best overall player. Correct. I can understand yes. this argument if you're like if if uh, he was a amazing pitcher, right? Like, let's say he finished fourth in the Cy Young, which he did last year, and then he was. <laughs> let's just say. <laughs> let's just say he did the thing he did last year, but then let's say he ha- was a. 100 level OPS player, right? He was just an average hitter. He would still be the best player in baseball, guys. So I don't understand. Like the fact that he didn't win the MVP means that he's, or like the fact that he didn't win the Cy Young, he has to be the best at both to be the best player. I, I just don't track the logic. Well, no one's saying that. No one's saying he has to win. The but what MVP, else does he have to do? But like, he, what else does he have to do to become the best player in your mind? He has to be the best at hitting or the best at pitching. That's what I'm saying. If you separate them and look at him just as a hitter, he's not the best hitter. If you look at him just as a pitcher, he's not the best pitcher. But obviously, he does both, so it makes him the best. And maybe he is, and we're not saying that he's not the most valuable. Everybody has agreed he's the most valuable. Yes. And I guess he is the best baseball player on the planet. He's the best baseball player, but my but, I didn't. I kind of went a little off it, and I said, is he the best hitter or best pitcher? No. But he does so both, which makes him the best and he's the only guy that can do and it he's, and it's, and it's he's fascinating elite at both because you've never had to have the the debate of like and you know what's crazy it's when he closed and threw 102 i would if i was yeah. looking to pay him for the next 12 years i'd be like shit if maybe we can just make him a closer for the last like five that'd be pretty cool yeah you know, I, just sit 100 but just like Hunch. watching him throw and like get up to face Trout, literally throwing 102 and the ball's moving like that much too. Dude. Like, Do you know how many times I rewinded and slowed down those Japanese guys like pitching motions? And I'm like, wait a second. Like they're not even like moving very fast. How do they throw a hundred? I'm like, I want to throw like you guys. How crazy was that? Was it 89 mile an hour slider you threw him that last pitch? Bro. They, yeah, they did the metrics was... on it, and they said it's, like, absolutely ridiculous, too. It was insane. You saw it. It, like, it was going and <laughs> took, like, a 90-degree angle. And Russo's hot takes that Trout strikes yeah. out all the time. Get out of here. Um, That was a hot take. Uh, Row.co. Tom didn't like it very much. Tom got a little angry. 
a little angry at everybody. It's okay, well, Tom. Tom, mis- Tom misconstru- misconstrued it. We're not trying to chop down Shohei. We're just saying. We're actually know. trying to lift him up. I think he's getting sick. It just times. feels very ironic. We did a segment talking about how hot takes are bad, and then Ian immediately follows it up with, well, here's a bad hot take I have. <laughs> just, my, just my two cents. Ian and- phrased it poorly to where it sounded like Ian was trying to be like, I don't think Shohei's that good. I'm like, no. well. That wasn't it. I led with he's the most valuable player in the game. No, we, we got to the core of it. We, we understand. Yeah. That. Give the guy 600 million. So should we talk about our ex co-host? Yeah. Yeah. Nico, you know, Nico, who we started the podcast with. Maybe you've heard of him. He's on your team. Plays yeah. second, a little short. A little yeah. Third. I think uh, let's talk about Nico. Let's talk about the cool things that happened. Um, Is it brought to us by? Baseball fans, America's pastime is back. Step up to the plate for some season opener action with DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can place a $5 pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Talk about hitting it out of the park. Plus, everyone can get in on the Major League action with a no-sweat bet from DraftKings. Opt in, and if your first bet doesn't win, don't sweat it. You'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code COMPOUND. New customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line and get $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook, again, with code COMPOUND. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Baby Tom. Nico, I that ad is going to seem like Tom made it through flawlessly, but if you guys beg him enough on the on the the Twitter, maybe he'll actually show you the real the real edit. There, it's pretty powerful. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. That's also cut. That's not in the show either. <laughs> Nico signs a three for. This three is a dictatorship. Five. I don't like it. <laughs> it is a dictatorship. The Nico signs a three for thirty-five with the uh, show cubbies. Um, really awesome for him. Gets us some security. He's still going to be a free agent at 29. Um, the Cubs already had him under control for the next two, so they're giving him one more year for all the fans. Um, and it gives him, it lets him go play free for a couple of years, and uh, and he's still young enough to go back out and get paid. So I think it's a win-win and really an awesome deal for Neek, and I'm very proud of him. I think exactly. I agree. I think it's a win-win. Like you said, you cover the two last years of ARB. You don't have to deal. I mean, you know, the stress of dealing with arbitration of like, Oh, I think I'm worth this. They think I'm worth that. Like we need to go to arbitration and figure it out. Like he's done like the next three years. He has nothing to worry about. Like, obviously you can always get traded, whatever, but he has nothing to worry about contractually. And he's just like for the next three years, like you said, he can just go play baseball. Which is something that like, Sorry, Zach, but like something that you there is a period of time in your baseball career where like it's hard to go play baseball. Like you're a young player and you're trying to get, you know, in the lineup. And then, you know, once you do, you can you can just go play baseball for a couple of years because you're going to like the minimum. And then once you get to the ARP system, you know, your your performance kind of dictates how you get paid. And so for him to just be able to go play baseball and not worry about any of that other stuff for three years is a very like mentally freeing thing. That's pretty cool. And he was someone that had been dinged up in the past, you know, like he's had like a couple of injuries throughout his years. So I feel like that's something like you just feel more protected as a player, knowing like I have these next three years where I'm getting this money, no matter what happens. Like, obviously you still want to go out and perform and play great. And I'm sure he will, but it's just something to have that like insurance of I'm good. Like I'm set for the next three years. Yeah. And the, Indians just extended uh, Jimenez. Whoa. I saw that. So he got seven for 106. I looked up his numbers. He had a good year last year. God, Dude, he had bless. a really, really, really good year. We, we really played really him good year. In, the, in the fall league in 19 when he was still on the Mets, I think. And he was really, I mean, he's really young now. He was really young then. This is four years ago. We were all like, whenever we played him, we were just like, bro, this guy is going to be a star. It's just like held his own, like controlled the the bat, 
line to line, and it's this guy is the gold glove infielder, and it's just like this guy's incredible. He's 20 years old, 19 years old. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, he gets paid. The Indians have two $100 million contracts on the books. Uh, how many other teams in baseball have $200 million contracts, Tom? Don't know. You said Indians. I don't know if you want to redo it. I don't oh, know if you want to do it Guardians. <laughs> Guardians. Guardians have two. Nice, um, Ian. My bad. I wonder if the Yankees have any more than two. No. The Yankees have like five. I, I grew up I grew up an Indians fan, so like the trans Guardians. My dad was from Cleveland. My dad was from Cleveland. The whole family was Indians fans. So I grew up an Indians fan with Pascal and Mayor Maris and Tommy and all the guys. And so the transition to Guardians has been one that's very difficult for me. I don't frequently say Guardians. And so apologies, Guardians. Uh, they have $200 million players. Name the other teams that have $200 million players. Do you Mets. know the other teams or Mets. do you no, want me to guess? No, I could try to guess though. The Yankees. Mets, Padres, Phillies, Phillies, Astros, uh, Astros, Bregman. yeah, Astros, Bregman Bregman. Altuve. do the Cubbies and have a Verdana. second? Was Dansby a hundred or no? Dansby's a hundred, but that's it. I think he's the only one. What about the, let's look at the playoff team. Cardinals have year. two. Cardinals have two. Literally look at the playoffs, right? Brewers. Yelich has got to be making on Yelich and Burns didn't get extended. Burns doesn't have an extension. Do you guys know how many players, this is according to Spot Rack, which tracks contracts across all sports, uh, are currently on a contract that's worth at least $100 million in, in Major League Baseball right now? I'm going to guess. I have no idea. 17. I was going to say 20. Uh, I believe it's 58. What? That number seems high. I can send wow. you. The, I can send you the list. It, but I, I don't. I don't think you're lying. I believe you're you. a That's facts just, guy. You're a facts guy. I believe you. But it is true because if you think about it, like, who was it? Is it Acuna's deal? Like, someone doesn't someone have like a ten for a hundred or Ozzy Albies? Like, there's some that have like a lot of years. Yeah, Acuna. Acuna's at exactly a hundred. He's one of the guys exactly. Yeah, Bregman's at exactly a hundred. Like, there's there's guys that are at exactly a hundred in short term or whatever or longer term. But uh, yeah, interesting. That's the the Indians have. $200 million players. Guardians. Ian. Guardians. Damn it. Good for them for going and spending. Uh, and he's going to be around with Jose Ramirez for a long time. Um, pretty cool. Jose Ramirez, took a, he took a cut, too. He took a pay cut because he said he wanted to be there. Yeah. True. Probably Ian. Gave so much money to him. Can I ask you a personal question? Sure. You don't have to answer, and we can cut this. What are your feelings going into a season in which you will be a free agent after the year? Like, what does that feel like? I guess, I mean, you haven't started playing yet, but like, how is, uh, how do, how mentally do you handle that? That's a good question. I don't think that, I don't think that, you know, I don't know. I guess I've watched guys go through it. And so I've watched like, I watched our, you know, three guys for sure that were kind of there for a long time, go through it. Um, watch Castellanos in the back end of his and like watch guys kind of go through it in different ways. And like, I think the, the most important part is just like, you just go out and play baseball and like you mm-hmm. every, and I think what I've been thinking about some is like, you look back at like your draft. I think your draft year is probably like the most comparable, like, you know, you're not going to be there at the end of the, at the end of this, year right but you have to go out and do the things to like get drafted where you want to get drafted and probably probably like you just you can obsess about it and you can like do all these things to like think about all the time but also like you can just go and play baseball and you just go and play and like enjoy the group and like do the things that you know you know are important to you whether that's like the way that you work or the way that you study your game planning and all that stuff and then like you just go out and, and play and be available and at the end of the year it'll all look okay sounds like you've had some training on that answer i've actually never answered that question before and oh let's go if if anybody else asked me that question except for maybe if it was zach or tom i don't think i would answer it that's why i said i was like you don't have to answer because i care about this pod well i was just curious because like we were talking about nico like having the three years like and then you're going into a year where it's like well, like, let's see what happens. Like, you don't know what next year holds, like, what this season holds. Obviously, like, you you know, trades and all that. So I just was curious your thoughts on that. 
the art process probably prepares you for that too because like every year in arbor you could be pushing it forward or regress true so it's like you think you get to a point where you're a little numb to it and you just go play i think the i think when you get in trouble is when you're like that's all you think about or like you're upset or you're upset about how things have like transpired in the past and like it's just like just go play baseball and enjoy the fact that you get to go do it exactly because i feel like i mean it's not like oh april 10th you went 0 for 4 like i'm not making any money next year it's like you can't you know you just got to go out and play the game yeah it just really it's that and that's every year it's like you go you know you have a tough stretch or you go in a little bit of uh you know you get a tough gamers too like that was something i learned last year too it's like it's the season's just so long oh yeah it's such an honor to get to that spot too yeah like you you've gone like you know they always say okay like okay debut and you're like okay let's see how long i can spend up here okay i want to get to arb and then it's like okay i want to get to free agency you know and like just to get there is such an honor in itself and it's obviously it's the same thing like what you're talking about in college when or in high school when you know it's your draft year it's like okay you many people would die to be in this position like this is awesome it's such a privilege and an honor but it's so hard to think about that when you're in it it's just like oh my god i have to do this or i'm not gonna get whatever or it's you know like what you were saying but it's so hard to think about it like that but when you can take take a step back and you know be like wow i am in a position where i could really change not my not only my life but generations after me you know it's it's a pretty i'm assuming it's a pretty fulfilling thought and you know process to go through yeah and you're just doing the you're doing the same thing you've done your whole life i think that's like the biggest part it's like you're just going doing the same thing you're just going playing baseball and like enjoying you know what that is and it just happens to have pretty nice rewards uh we just had our looking first at... go ahead sorry we had our first wrigley workout today that's what i was gonna say i was just gonna say i was just looking at i didn't know who you guys opened up with and i saw it was the brewers i was like oh season start you got corbin burns go get him i mean yeah we did last year we have, we've opened we've opened with the brewers Gosh. i think three of the last four he's i saw john boyd uh i think it was john right or somebody posted something like a lot of people are predicting Corbin Burns for like NL Cy Young. He's a little pissed off. So that's a fun guy to start out with. He's a little got, pissed off. Yeah, we had. And, uh, what? Sorry, I was going to ask you. Last year, you had a good opening day, if I remember right. You had that double that threw down the line. You had another. Maybe did you have two hits? I think maybe. Does that, do you, Do you feel like when you have a good opening day? Because obviously, you had a good year last year. Do you feel like that sets like, or does that matter at all? Do you? Oh my god. Tom, how much pressure are you putting in on opening day now? No, Eat I mean, screwed. I'm just curious. Like, I was that like, do you feel no pressure, good? man? No, opening day sets the tone for the whole day, season. The season's not over. I'm just curious. I know. I'm just kidding. I've had good opening days. Famously, 18. Yeah, 19, I think you had a knock opening day. Opening day was it was Nashville. <laughs> but regardless, <laughs> 19, I think you hit a double opening day. Yeah, I did. Uh, Base is clearing double. Base clearing double, yeah, I rake. Uh, but I, I hit. I was I, you know, third. Hit, eighteen was like one of my. Third. What? Yeah. I said, I'm pretty sure if we're talking about the same at bat, I'm pretty sure I was on third base. Yeah, it was in Nashville. It was inside left or inside third base. Yeah, yeah. it was ready. <laughs> the uh, I hit that homer in eighteen to lead off the season, and like didn't play the next day. That yeah, didn't play the next day, and that was like <laughs> one of my toughest years in the big leagues. So it's like. Opening day doesn't matter. I mean, it matters. It's awesome. Like, it's a great day. But, like, what you do on opening day is as important as what you do on August 15th. doesn't really matter. But the uh, – we've opened – I feel like I was just talking about it today. I was like, we've opened with the Brewers three of my – I've only had – because I didn't have opening day in 19 – or in 17 or 19. Uh, so, I had 18 – Yeah, you did. Nashville sounds. <laughs> I had 18, 20, 21, 22 – and 23 so three of my five will have been against the brewers because we opened in 20 22 and 23 with the brewers woodruff and in 20 and then burns in 22 and 23 and we talked about it i want to say we talked about it last year i think we had scotty on because he made opening day for the first time last year like we talked about you said how cool opening day is like just to get to experience because i mean like there's always enter- your team you could be any team in the world opening day like you have all the excitement of like who knows like it's baseball like we could go make the playoffs we could make a run like you know obviously not every team's going to but opening day is like you never know like we, we could go win 162 games this year it could happen yeah everybody's excited like there's energy in the same the fans are excited like the 
it's a clean slate. Like everybody has so much opportunity in front of them. And like, you look at your team and like everybody in the big leagues has good players, right? Like you look at your team and you're like, we have, we could do this. Like we have a legitimate chance to go compete. And like that part of it's cool. Your first anthem on opening day, like all that stuff is really cool. So uh, I'm excited, but it was really cold at Wrigley today. It was about 40, yeah, it, 38 it to 40 degrees. It snowed this morning. Yeah. Uh, the wind was blowing in, and it was a nice intro to be like, hey, boys, this is what it's like. <laughs> it's like hey, you, Oz was just in San Diego for the last, whatever, four or five years. You had Belly was in L.A., Dansby was in Atlanta. I was like, this is what we're dealing with here, boys. So this is what hey, it looks you got like. And you got 96 running in on the hands from Corbin Burns coming. So that's going to feel good. Don't get jammed. Well, the pitch clock and like getting your pine tar, like, hey, I got to put my bat under the heater. Like I got to warm my hands up coming in from the outfield mm -hmm. because I don't know if I'm going to hold this thing if I don't have. Isn't that technically illegal? Stick. No. Isn't not. that a rule that bats aren't supposed to go under the heater? I don't know. Hitters trying to find an advantage per usual. Always blame <laughs> those, it on the pitcher. Always the pitcher's hitters. fault. Never the hitter's fault. Whatever, man. If you if you want to unfreeze yeah. the pine tar, you got to put it under the heater. For I too bad. Yours is frozen. How about why can't I unfreeze my hand with some hot pine tar? Tell me that. You can have a you can have a hand warmer in your back pocket. Can I throw a little, uh, little sunscreen and rosin on it? Yes, that is actually no one is fighting sunscreen and rosin. That's such a lie because no one is fighting sunscreen because and rosin. you can't tell what it is, though. So that's such a lie. No one is getting mad at a pitcher for sunscreen and rosin. That's you're lying. Because way, if, if you go out there, if I come off the mound and there's sticky stuff on my hand, it's not like there's a label on my hand that says this is sunscreen and rosin, not spider tack. There is a label. There is a label. One, the ball no. holds to your finger, and the other, just a little bit of, yeah. Uh, I mean, sunscreen and rosin also adds RPMs, but I, I think there needs to be a middle ground. You sound like just because I'm, I'm sick of being on this hitters podcast <laughs> where the hitters get all oh the pitchers are working too fast or they're working too slow and I got to get in the box and they have all this time on the mound they can do whatever they want. Shut up! I have a question. In the box. Be ready to swing it. <laughs> Did you guys see the other day, Nestor Cortez? What happened with him? Yeah, he tried to he quit cheated. They like no. The well, kid was Who was it? The guy was not looking up. It was Candy. You step that, you step those feet in the box. You better be ready to swing it. I kind of agree with Dakota. It feels like if you're in the batter's box, the pitcher should be allowed to throw the ball. What do I got to sit there for you to take three little practice half swings before you look at me? Like, just look at me. Let's go. Let's get the thing. What going. am I going to do? Jump into the box? Do you want me yes. to hop Correct. into the box? All right, I'm going to be out of the box. Okay, I'm going to be okay. looking at you, and I'm going to be in my ready position. And then, and then you step jump in, in okay. and now you can throw. That's what we're going to do. That what works are we for me. Talking about that works for me. You're both crazy. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. As the hitter, I have until eight seconds to look at you. Guess what? If I want to waggle my bat or I want to look at the ground until eight seconds, and then look at you, then I'll do. That's what I'll do. Well, guess what? As soon as that clock clicks to eight, boom, it's coming in. Well, that's the thing. You can't start your motion until I'm looking at. It. It's the whole point. Or else you'd have what Scherzer was doing earlier. We talked about what Scherzer was doing earlier in the year. You weren't like, oh, I can't believe it. Uh, always catering to the hitters. The fans want to see more runs. Let's help the hitters. It's too hard to hit. Well, you should have been a pitcher then. You guys shouldn't abuse the spider attack. Never did. Never touched the stuff. Mm. Ooh. Speaking of that Nestor Cortez one, though, did we uh, should we touch on the JT Real Muto? Yes. Can I talk about something that ha helps hitters, though? Bruce Bolt. Bruce Bolt batting gloves. They help hitters. Okay. Those are the batting gloves I use. You ever see the ones that I use? They're white with the blue. And now I got some new ones coming out. New ones coming out. But they got the bolt right there. Bruce Bolt. They're actually a family-owned business in Austin, Texas. Started by a 16-year-old. And I'm a little biased, but I think they're the best batting gloves in the game. Real Cabretta leather. They fit better and last longer than any other glove on the market. Uh, I use a short cuff. Uh, but they have a long cuff that has like a big wrap. Bader uses those um, for a little bit of extra support on the wrist. Uh, and I think they're the best in the game. But Bader, Nemo, Lars Newbar was wearing them in WBC. Uh, Why don't you hook up ZS59 with some? Well, I asked ZS59 if he wanted any, and he said he's got 
something else going on. Stinks. Oh, but uh, check out mine, my two different styles on uh, BruceBolt.us, BruceBolt.us or Amazon.com. I'll tell you one thing about ZS59. He's just not in it today. That, that, he's not he he he's said not over under 20 words. I'm going under. Boys, I had a long drive. It was yesterday. Yeah, and I had a workout in 30 degrees today, bro. Oh my god! Uh, Cry hey, me a river. Tell tell me about. You could have slept degrees. so many different times during that. No, you know what? The 30 degree workout's tough. Okay, I had one in oh, Florida and it was tough. Let's goodness. talk about Ramuto. You guys were just Ramuto. in Arizona for two months. I've been living in it. Tom's been living in it. Tom's trying to get us. Tom's trying to get us back on track because he's like, I'm gonna have to edit all this out. I hate you guys. No, this is not editing out. This is them being coddled. It's cold. Let's talk about Real Muto. I'm getting pissed. Let's talk about Real Muto. Well, why don't Go you ahead. tell us about it? You were, weren't you the one that wanted to talk about? I just Tom sent it and said we needed to talk about it, and uh, he said it was asinine, which was a, a fancy word. word, honestly. Word. It's basically what happened. I think everybody saw it, but for the fans, Kimbrel was pitching. Kimbrel, John Boy actually did a really good breakdown. John Boy Media or. We support the parent company. Go to John Boy Media on the Twitter or the YouTube. There's a breakdown. So Kimbrell throws a pitch. Kimbrell doesn't throw a pitch. Kimbrell gets a shot clock violation. Shot clock violation, doesn't throw the pitch, asks for a new ball. And Rumuto puts his glove up to ask, to say, give me the ball, throw it back to him. Umpire throws it himself. Okay. Kimbrell gets the ball, hates the ball, throws it away. Rumuto puts his glove up. Thinks, oh, God, this guy's actually going to throw it back again. Puts his glove down. Guy tries to put it in his glove. Whiffs. Gets a little upset. Tosses him. Crazy sequence. Crazy. And the video of just, like, the the four seconds of, like, Real Muto putting his glove up, putting his glove down, not looking at the guy, him throwing it, and then immediately ejecting him was crazy. Never seen it. Real Muto was – you have to actually be, like, in shock. Like, he's like, what? What? Like, what do you mean I'm tossed? Do, what did do I do? You think he, do you think he turned around and was like, huh, what'd you throw out? <laughs> He's probably like, wait, who'd you just toss? Well, especially because, like, to get tossed out of a spring training game is, it's like, it's dude, hard to I'm do. I'm out here. I'm trying to catch our potential closer or eighth inning guy, whatever Kimberly's going to do for them. And, like, I'm trying to get a couple more bats before we start this thing up. And you're going to toss me? Like, what's going on? It, well, and the whole thing was like, and I'm, everyone said it, but like, it's not even looking at the umpire. Like, how could have you possibly have timed that to be disrespectful? Like, and like you said, he had just thrown the one before back to Kimbrough. So he's probably like new one. And he's like, oh, wait, he always throws it out to the pitcher and puts his glove down. You can and see I don't know. Video. He's, that's what he's saying. He said, I thought he was throwing it back. And he's also, yeah. this guy's played 1,005 major league games and has zero career ejections. Yeah. So it just, I, yeah, I, 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 it's just out like so in the spring training. Spring training. That's the ump must have just, I don't know. He must have just not been about it that day because that was one where it's like, he didn't even do anything. Like, even if he did it on purpose, like, is that worthy of an injection? I don't think so. I'd be like, okay, JT, pick the ball up. Like, if you're going to do that, like you can pick it up and throw it back. Like, I don't even think it's worthy if it's on purpose. There was kind of, there's kind of a crazy thing too, where they like one of either the crew chief or somebody like supported him, which was kind of bananas. But like, I will say, I think the umps have done an amazing job with the nice butter him up before. No, I'm serious about this. I'm dead serious. There's been a lot of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Hey, wink, wink. I don't like what this guy did, but they're doing great. There's been a lot of stuff this spring that they've had to worry about with like the clocks and the buzzers that get going on and all the other like the shift rule and all this stuff and trying to figure out how that's going to work with a lot of notes, I think, from MLB on the way um, along the way. And so it's been the adjustments they've made and like how much they've communicated with players has been really good. I do think you're going to see and I might be a culprit of it, like if I'm getting in the box and that guy is coming set as I'm looking up and I'm not ready. I'm going to be. Didn't they change that? To be I'm, pretty sure, to like, somebody. I'm pretty sure they made like an emphasis on it. Like, Hey, you cannot be set before he gets in the box. Yes. Right? But like, yeah. But like, you know, when you, all right, here's the example. I call time. Two strikes. I call time. 
that guy is pretty close to having his pitch, right? Even if, if they've gone through any sequence or he already has his pitch. So by the time I even step back in the box, he's got his pitch. So I get back in the box with 15 seconds. I know I have eight, seven seconds to get to see the pitcher or whatever. So I go through my process, like I'm coming up to get set. And like, as I'm coming up to get set, he's coming set or he's going into his windup. I'm going to be upset. I'm going to be upset. And that because a- you have to, if I need to see the clock, the whole thing, Dakota, you were saying, like, if you're looking up or Tom, if you're looking up, I should be able to pitch. If you're in the box, you should, I have to, to see where the clock is to see how many seconds are on the clock. I have to look past the pitcher to the clock in the outfield ball. So like, just to even see what time it is, I got to go check behind the pitcher. So I might be looking Wait. up, but I'm not like Wait. looking at the pitcher. I'm going like, oh, there's 12 seconds left. There's also another it, thing too, um, two things. Well, you know how we always said the common sense, like that needs to be a part of the whole clock. Um, we had a meeting on a last week, the week before that like common sense is like prevailing in it, I guess you could say. Like, yeah, if you yeah. take, like if you take a G hack and you kind of fall over or if you get brushed up and in, helmet falls off, they'll like give you like, hey, like wait a second and then they'll restart the clock. It's not like, hey man, you almost died. But by the way, you're at 11 seconds. You better look up. Um, and then they're like, so say you call time or in that instance, like they're holding the clock for you. So like if I call time early in that bat and I don't have a timeout for the rest of the at bat and like I get in there with, or say I get brushed up and in and I'm like, all right. And now if I get back in there at 15 seconds, I'm like, fuck, this guy can wait the whole time. But now you can tell the umpire like, hey, start the clock. I'm good. Even if you're outside of the box yeah, and that then was you smart. Can get in there at nine or nine or eight seconds. And that's my thing. Zach did it all last year. Like, it's not going to be as bad as people think. Like, people think like, oh, like this is never going to work or like stuff like like it's going to be super complicated. Like, it was pretty seamless, wouldn't you say, Zach? Like, there's maybe two weeks adjustment week it, it, adjustment. Yeah, it, it's just tough because like there's so much more riding on MLB games, obviously. So like, you have to kind of be like, there has to be concrete rules. You know, but again, but you can also you can also attest like or tie it to um, the NFL play clock. Like yes. there's some refs that call it as soon as that shit hits zero. Like, hey, we're calling it. But then there's also some that will look at the clock, look at the ball and look back at the clock. And then it's like, oh, sorry, I didn't call it. But That's I what... think it's, it's way more like. It's easier to yell at umpires and to get under their skin if you're, you know, you're bit. It's so it's quieter. You know, you're closer. You you have way more attention on the umpires. You know, um, but yes, I agree. I think again, said it all since this has started. It's gonna be like, and you're gonna look up and be like, all right, this is kind of. I got the hang of it. It's kind of easy. But it also wouldn't. I didn't really notice it last year at all, like in AAA, but. I feel like in the big leagues, there will be, like you said, Zach, about the NFL, like there will be certain umps that will be like, oh, like eight seconds, he wasn't looking, strike. Like there will be some that are right on it, and there will be others be like, all right, like he looked at 7.5. Who cares? Like let's just go. Let's right. keep playing exactly. the game. Because then, like we said, it takes longer if the umpire to be like, time, like, hey, that's a strike. And then, like, chances are if I'm in at eight seconds or seven, eight, seven and a half seconds, like I may say something like, Bill, come on, like, there's no way, like, again, so that's 30 seconds right there. And then God forbid if a manager gets into it because he hasn't been calling shit for the other team, you know, like, there's it, a, it, it's going to be interesting with that. There's also, I feel like you could, like, kind of, like, say the second pitch of the at-bat, like, you were, like, uh, like right around that eight. Like, if you're the ump, like, you can give you, like, a, hey, man, like, just be careful of that clock. Like, if it, like I've got to get you on the next one. So, yeah, like, if it happens it again, then balk. it's like, hey, man, like, I told you. Like, it, I got to call a strike here. Like Same thing as a balk. When, yeah. like, in between innings, kept, the ump would be like, hey, Dakota, you know, like, hey, if he's checking your glove, hey, I'd be careful. You know, like, if you're yeah. not coming set, I'm going to have to bang you next next inning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The flow, the flow of the game has actually been really good the last week or so, and they've done a better job. Like, they were really strict on the clock early. They've done a better job of, like, it's starting at a more natural pace, and the games are still – we played a 150 something the other day. Yeah, so like, and like hey. you have to be really strict in the spring training or it's not going to change anything. So like it, it sucked, you know, like there was thing like games being ended and stuff. And it's like, okay, like 
Manfred actually said like, hey, this is a good thing that this is get, being an issue right now because it won't be in four weeks when the season starts. It won't be. 100%. Let's, if, um, if you're not let's strict, give, it's, it's going to get ugly. But Let's give the people a Sloan screen time. Let's tell them about Sloan. Let's give them the Sloan screen time. Let's let people know how much Dakota's been on his phone. I've been week. on my phone. I've been on my phone. Tough day for the kid. I'll uh, I'll own up to this. Yeah, I have my phone set so the s- display screen doesn't go off. And the other night I fell asleep with my phone on. So there's I looked at my <laughs> bar today and I was like, oh, it's not that bad. And it's six hours and nine minutes. But the the way it's all thrown off is because there's a day where I have like 15 hours because it was like eight hours of sleep in there. Oh no. Sloan's the world's leading manufacturer of commercial plumbing systems. The company is at the forefront of green building movement and provides smart, sustainable, and hygienic restroom solutions by manufacturing water efficient products, including the flush o meter, flush o meters, faucets, sink systems, soap dispensers, fixtures for commercial, industrial, institutional markets worldwide. Learn more at Sloan.com. Um, I don't know what happened to my phone. Uh, oh, it, my God. I literally, it says you know, four minutes and it doesn't show any is, data the last two days. You know, very convenient. I, it doesn't show anything. Like I click on week, it shows nothing. Yeah. Mine was like, five hours in one minute. I don't know so, what happened. It sounds like you've been spending a lot of time on the flush. <laughs> Three hours and two minutes for me. I have a, I have an NA. Sorry. I, I literally, I don't know what happened. It doesn't have anything for my whole week. Dakota, Dakota, my man, we believe you. Why would I lie? I don't. I don't care. I don't think it's an A. I think it's just an L. I think you just lost. I think if you. I mean, that's definitely a loss. That's fine. I I'll take a loss, but I literally I don't know what I don't know what to tell you. I literally have no data for the week, so there's not there's really nothing I can do. Tom, can you put twenty four hours for him on the? I'll put it on the graph. Do that, dude. Yeah, that's fine. That's fair. It is uh, what it is, you know? You got to be held I accountable say, sometimes. Can I say one more thing about Parse? I would like You can for, always say things about Parse. The amazing story that we heard from our friend in Oregon. If you have a Parse story, if you have like a time that you went to a bar and saw it or uh, the first time you had Parse or you went to your local Binnie's or Total Wine, you got Parse, why don't you tell us a story, right, Tom? A little DM. Then we'll start reading a couple on the uh, on the episode. Why, why can't they send, send it to Tom, you? Send Tom a DM. No, no, no. Send it to the compound. You're not send sending Tom to personally a DM. Just kidding. Send it to the compound or Tom personally. Uh, and tell us your Parse story, and we'll read um, we'll read a few on the air. These two are just, they're checked out. They're looking I'm, at their phone. What did you want me, what did you want me to say their screen that? time. They what did you want me to say? Now they're trying to get it up before they go to bed. Literally. That's episode 152 of the Compound Podcast presented by Parse Rum. Go to Benny's, go to the White, get some Parse. Opening days tomorrow. We'll see you next week. Go to Lido Mudhouse.